1: Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the station you turn to first
2: for live team coverage of breaking news. 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Wichita's number one talk.
3: Good morning, 7 o'clock. This is the KNSS Morning News with Steve and Ted. I'm Steve McIntosh. Another government shutdown deadline for Congress. We have the story. I'm Rodney Price. We have details on a weekend double homicide that took
2: place in East Wichita. That story is ahead. Several people wounded in
4: a shootout in Milwaukee. I'm Ted Woodward. Those details just ahead.
2: I'm KNSS, meteorologist and holiday. A record high for today is 78 set back in 1896. And we may tie or break that today. Our full forecast is on the way in just a few minutes.
3: A bipartisan group of House members is continuing to push an alternative military aid bill to end a Capitol Hill stalemate.
5: President Vladimir Zelensky says he's making this figure public to counter numbers claimed by Russia. He tells us 31,000 Ukrainian soldiers have died in the past two years, but won't give us the number wounded because he says that'll help Russian military planning. In August, U.S. officials put Ukrainian soldiers killed at 70,000 and as many as 120,000 injured. President Zelensky claims six times as many Russians as Ukrainians have died in the war. Jonathan Savage, Fox News.
4: A 20-year-old suspect is in custody and will face charges of capital murder, child endangerment, and felon in possession of a firearm after Saturday morning's double homicide in East Wichita.
2: The victims were identified as 35-year-old Christopher Harrell and 35-year-old Natisha Phillips, both of Wichita. Police were dispatched to the 7300 block of East Kellogg at 925 a.m. Saturday. When they arrived, they found the victim suffering from gunshot wounds. Phillips died at the scene, while Harrell died at a local hospital. A young child found at the scene was not hurt and will receive needed medical and psychological treatment. Rodney Price,
3: KNSS News. The suspect will not be identified by Wichita police until formal charges are filed. A teenager suffered critical but non-life-threatening injuries in a shooting Saturday night in North Wichita near 19th and Estelle. Police say a 15-year-old suffered an accidental self-inflicted wound.
4: Several people involved in a shooting in Milwaukee. Yesterday afternoon, Fox's Christina Van Zelst reports.
1: Milwaukee police say it was a quadruple shooting. The medical examiner says a 21-year-old woman and a 28-year-old man died. Police say an unidentified man was also shot and is in serious condition. A 23-year-old was also shot and is expected to be okay. Police say a 25-year-old was arrested. Investigators believe the shooting is domestic violence related and related to a physical fight. Police say all victims exchanged gunfire with unknown suspects.
3: Hundreds of mourners attended a funeral mass for a Kansas City area DJ who was killed during a celebration rally of the Chiefs Super Bowl victory. Lisa Lopez Galvin was remembered Saturday during a funeral mass as a loving mother and wife who saw each day as a chance for excitement and laughter. The 43-year-old Lopez Galvin was one of about two dozen people shot when gunfire erupted February 14th outside the city's Union Station. There's
4: progress on a potential ceasefire to allow Israeli hostages to be released from Hamas custody, but Israel says it doesn't plan on leaving Gaza, even if the war ends.
5: A Friday meeting between U.S., Qatari, and Egyptian mediators laid out a more detailed groundwork for a release of Israeli hostages in exchange for a pause in the fighting. This as the Israeli military has shifted its focus to Rafah, a city in the southern part of the Gaza Strip near the border with Egypt, where an estimated one and a half million Palestinians have sought refuge. Netanyahu says even if a ceasefire agreement is reached, the IDF intends to continue with its plans for a ground operation in the south. Netanyahu releasing a proposal Friday for the Israeli military to occupy Gaza indefinitely, even after the war is over. That plan roundly rejected by the Palestinians and other Arab nations. In Tel Aviv, Treyangst, Fox News.
3: Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley says it's not the end of our story. Despite Donald Trump's easy primary victory in South Carolina, Haley had long suggested that her home state would show her competitiveness with the former president. Defying calls from South Carolina Republicans to exit the race, Haley held a rally Sunday evening in Michigan, which holds its primary Tuesday. KNSS News time now 706, 6 minutes past seven o'clock. We
4: had shocker men's basketball action yesterday and baseball too. We'll have some highlights coming up in sports.
3: Inmate from Sedgwick County dies in Lansing State Prison. That story coming up on the KNSS Morning News with Stephen Ted. The KNSS Morning News with Stephen Ted seven zero nine now nine minutes past seven o'clock. A state prison inmate from Sedgwick County has died. Lansing Correctional Facility resident 51-year-old Eric Avila died Saturday. February 24th, he was found unresponsive in his cell. Avila was pronounced deceased by local emergency medical service personnel following attempts at life-saving measures. Cause of death is pending the results of an independent autopsy. Avila was serving a 249-month sentence for convictions of kidnapping and second-degree murder in Sedgwick County.
4: Vigils took place across the nation for Oklahoma teenager Nex Benedict, who died the day after a fight in a high school bathroom. Benedict was a non binary student who said that they were the target of bullying. Vigils were held at locations including Boston, New York, Minneapolis, and Huntington Beach, California during the weekend. Here in Wichita, people gathered at the Keeper of the Plains to share their thoughts and offer their condolences.
3: Ukraine's president reveals how many of his country's soldiers have died in the war.
5: President Vladimir Zelensky says he's making this figure public to counter numbers claimed by Russia. He tells us 31,000 Ukrainian soldiers have died in the past two years, but won't give us the number wounded because he says that'll help Russian military planning. In August, U.S. officials put Ukrainian soldiers killed at 70,000 and as many as 120,000 injured. President Zelensky claims six times as many Russians as Ukrainians have died in the war. Jonathan Savage, Fox News.
4: A Brooklyn preacher goes on trial today for fraud charges.
2: 47-year-old Lamar Miller Whitehead faces wire fraud, attempted extortion, and false statements charges. Prosecutors say he stole from a parishioner's savings and duped a businessman with false claims that they could leverage his connections to New York City officials, including Mayor Eric Adams. He's accused of fueling a lavish lifestyle... Miller Whitehead has pled not guilty and is free on $500,000 bail. Chris
3: DeMeo, Fox News. KNSS News time now, 7-11. 11 minutes past 7 o'clock. Traffic conditions looking pretty good this morning here in the Wichita
6: area. Gasoline prices, most common price still two ninety nine dollars out there, but got a little bit better of a price that I've found. Spotted a price at to seventy nine a gallon near Maple and 135th Street West Traffic Update from 987 at 1330 KNSS. I'm Jad Chambers.
3: And now the KSN Storm Truckers re forecast with Kansas Today Meteorologist Ronell Williams. Good morning, Ron L.
7: Hey good morning, Stephen Ted. How we doing?
3: We're doing well. That's, oh yeah. How long will this string of spring like weather last? That's what we want to know. Well, you know what? It's just that
7: time of year. As we uh, get ready to get into March and even uh, through the first week or two of March, it's still going to be pretty warm out there, at least warmer than average. Yes, there will be some cooler, colder days thrown in the mix at times. But again, you know, as we just get ready to officially switch seasons here within uh, the next few weeks, it does look like our cool downs just going to be more and more short lived out there. So uh, with us uh, continuing to stay unseasonably warm out there, Today, not going to be any different. I'm sure a lot of you enjoying that weekend warmth. I was out and about myself, saw a lot of people outside, especially on Saturday. So we'll have mostly sunny to partly cloudy skies today. A uh, southerly breeze at 10 to 20 miles an hour are going to send us right back up to a high of 79. Now, due to the warmth, the wind, as well as the fact that it's still pretty dry out there, uh, we are going to uh, have a fire weather watch in effect all the way through our Tuesday tomorrow. So as we continue to enjoy the outdoors with things warming up, waking up, we just need to make sure that we're just not being the spark that starts a fire. Partly cloudy skies tonight, only dropping down to 53. Safe to say a mild start to our Tuesday early tomorrow morning and then back up to near 80 with a high of 79 during the afternoon. Those winds, though. Uh, uh backing off, relaxing a little bit after the sun goes down, but then they're going to pick right back up again uh, during our Tuesday. So that's why that fire weather alert likely going to be in effect through tomorrow. We'll have a 20% chance of possibly a little bit of rain, maybe even mixing with a few snowflakes Tuesday night as another cold front comes through. This is going to make for a colder start to our Wednesday at 22 degrees and then a colder finish with a high of only 42 degrees. Now for those of you who have been enjoying this early spring warmth uh it does look like uh we'll be able to warm back up pretty quickly uh middle 50s thursday middle 60s friday then this upcoming weekend 73 saturday 74 sunday rest of the week after tuesday night going to be pretty dry too right now we're at 39 degrees only uh, a few clouds kind of here and there and then we'll uh see uh, we'll, uh we have a southwest wind at seven miles an hour pretty light now but it's going to gradually pick back up as we go through uh, the rest of the morning
3: Sounds good, Ronell. Thank you, sir. We'll check with you tomorrow morning. That's the KSN Storm Tracker Three forecast with Kansas Today meteorologist Ronell Williams. Stephen, head of the morning here, coming up on seven fifteen on a Monday morning, the twenty sixth day of February. We only got a couple of days left, Ted. Is this a leap year, though? Yes, it, it is. Isn't it? So we will have a twenty ninth. Yes, we February. will. Uh, on this date in nineteen ninety eight, a jury in Amarillo, Texas, rejected an eleven million dollar lawsuit. Brought by Texas Cattlemen, who blamed Oprah Winfrey's talk show for a price fall after a segment on food safety that included a discussion about mad cow disease. What a big deal that was for ranchers here uh, down in Texas. Uh, Oprah was found not guilty. Isn't that the one? uh, Help help me out, Ted. Isn't that the trial where uh, a fellow from uh, Overland Park helped her with jury selection? Being Doctor Feel, yeah, I think I you're that's right. where Doctor yeah. Feel got his start. Right there, he helped pick a jury, and he apparently picked a good one, uh, at least for Oprah's standpoint. Major League Baseball showing off its new uniforms during this year's spring training, but the biggest problems is they might be showing too much. Series of pictures have shown a slightly embarrassing problem with MLB's new look. At least a handful of teams have pants that are relatively see-through. When players are wearing white tops and white pants, the tucked-in jersey sometimes makes it look like they got, the players are wearing diapers. Nike has been designing MLB uniforms since 2020, and Fanatics have been manufacturing them since 2019. But this is the first year for the Nike Vapor Premier jerseys. I wonder what that looks like. It's, it's almost see-through. Well,
4: they wore them in the All-Star game last oh, did they?
3: year. Yeah. What did you think of them? Yes, guess I didn't. Pay any attention.
4: I don't like them. They yeah. look cheap. Looks- <laughs> Supposedly they're, they dry easier and they're more comfortable, but a lot of people say they just look like a T-shirt, basically. Okay.
3: Police say a group of teenagers believe from the Chicago area broke into a luxury car dealership in Wisconsin and drove off with nine vehicles worth more than a half million dollars. Sunday's heist is a Jaguar Land Rover de- dealership in Waukesha, Captured on video, a surveillance camera, in the city about 19 miles west of Milwaukee, Waukesha Police Captain Dan Bauman says suspects broke into the dealership early Sunday, found where its car keys were stored, and then activated those key fobs to find the cars valued at more than $583,000, which they then stole, drove out of the place. 17-year-old Chicago boy was arrested Sunday. but police are still searching for the eight other suspects. Police have recovered nine, six of the nine stolen vehicles. They don't have a better alarm system than that on that business? That they had the time to go in there and find the keys and do all that damage? Wow. Maybe they ought to get a, an AT, ADT system or something like that. I don't know. Seven seventeen now, Steve, at 10 in the morning here on KNSS. And it's, uh, it's sports time here on this uh, Monday morning. Yeah,
4: we only had two. uh, I'm sorry. We had college men's basketball action at Coke Arena yesterday afternoon. Only two home games left for the Shockers. Everything looked good at halftime. Shocks had a 10-point lead. but Then uh, Temple kind of punched the Shockers in the face in the second half and in the overtime, outscoring the Shockers by 16 points in the final 25 minutes. And Temple won the game in overtime 72-66 yesterday afternoon. Temple, a team that had not won a road game since the week before Thanksgiving, walks out of Coke Arena with a victory. Mike Kennedy and Dave Dahl had the call of the game on 103.7 KEYN. After the game, comments from Shocker head coach Paul Mills.
3: Coach, at halftime, this one looked like it was really headed in the right direction, and then all of a sudden, nothing went in the basket for a while.
6: Yeah, especially there in the opening minutes. and. You know, I, I thought they struggled to score two, and and the reality about their situation is they were putting up shots, but they were retrieving them, and those 22 offensive rebounds.
4: Yeah, the Shocks missed 13 of their first 14 shots to begin the second half, and it kind of just went downhill from there. The Shocks fall to 11-17 and 17 on the season with that loss. Shocks only shot 27% from the field in the second half. Got better news from Shocker Baseball yesterday, finishing up a three-day tournament in Jacksonville, Florida. Shockers lost on Friday and Saturday, looking to get out of the state with a win yesterday. Didn't start out well. The Shocks were down 5-0 early against 18th-ranked Iowa. Guess what? Shockers turned it on yesterday in baseball action. Shane Dennis had the call of the game over on 97.5 and
2: 1240 KFH. 3-2. Hit in the air, high and deep to right field. This has got a chance. Back goes Wilmus, and it is gone. Livingston with a three-run pinch home run. And Wichita State not only on the board, but now we got a ball game. And finally, Wichita State makes Iowa pay for putting runners on.
4: Yeah, the shocks were down five to nothing going into the sixth inning, but three three run home runs got the shocks back into it playing some earl weaver baseball right there
2: a little half swing ground ball back to the mound hamilton's got it the throw to first in time and wichita state's mastery of iowa continues the shockers have still never lost to the iowa hawkeyes they knock off the 18th ranked team in the country after spotting them the first five runs
4: how about that Nice win for the Shocker baseball team yesterday over a top-20 team as the Shocks are now 3-3 three and three on the season. All right, it's Monday night, and that means we'll talk with the Shocker basketball coaches, see what's going on. First up at 6 o'clock tonight, uh, we've got the WSU Terry Nooner show with the women's head coach, and then at, after that at 7 o'clock, it's the WSU Paul Mills show with the men's head coach. Both those are right here tonight. On 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. On KFH tonight, we have K-State men's basketball, the Wildcats, wrapping up a homestand hosting West Virginia tonight in Manhattan. Live pregame coverage of the K-State men at 5 p.m. The game will tip off at 6 o'clock this evening in Manhattan. Like we said, over on 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. K-State is a a nine-and-a-half point favorite on home court, West Virginia has not won a road game this season. 0-7 on the road for the Mountaineers. That's sports with Stephen Ted.
3: Seven twenty-one now. Keep it here for a house call for health. Celebrating the anniversary of the first 911 call. That's coming up with Stephen Ted in the morning on KNSS
2: nationally recognized Marconi-awarded radio show. This is Steve and Ted on 98.7 and 1330
3: KNSS. Good morning, Steve McIntosh, Ted Woodward here on this Monday morning. 38 degrees. Congress remains stalled as a partial government shutdown deadline is coming up Friday. Republican Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas told the Fox Report with John Scott, He believes one thing many in his party could hope for is some sort of continual resolution that goes to the end of the fiscal year. That would result in cutting the budget by about 1 percent, the discretionary spending. Medicare, Social Security left alone, but 1 percent cut would result in about $100 billion of savings. So that's what I would suggest uh, the speaker do, is give us that continuing resolution through the rest of the fiscal year, jam the Senate with it, and, and then leave and see what happens. President Biden will be meeting with congressional leaders this week to urge them to reach a deal and avoid a shutdown.
4: One of former president and 2024 Republican presidential frontrunner, Donald Trump's staunchest supporters, says it's time to move on from the primary and focus on November.
2: Carrie Lake, a candidate for Senate in Arizona, pointed to the troubles at the southern border as a reason that former President Trump's South Carolina victory proves he should be the nominee. Lake said on Fox's Sunday morning futures, she sees the Biden White House doing nothing at the border.
1: That's why we have to get President Trump reelected. We have to rally behind him, stop this sideshow that Nikki Haley is trying.
2: Haley says, even with the loss in her home state, she's moving forward to Michigan Tuesday and Super Tuesday the following week. Gernal
3: Scott, Fox News. Wichita animal shelters are reporting a spike in animal illness. Shelter Supervisor Lieutenant Derek Purcell says diseases such as kennel cough and parvo are spreading.
5: I've been here for this is my third year uh, and I have never seen this much parvo coming into the shelter as I've as I have this year.
3: Purcell says around a quarter of the shelter's space is being used to house sick dogs.
4: Wichita Police Chief Joe Sullivan tells KNSS News he's proud the department catches so many of the perpetrators.
3: Very sorry to see the increase in homicides last year which well, for the most part, was a result of an unusual number of DV and intimate partner violence. Um, but I'm very proud of the department and the fact that we have a 95% clearance rate, which would be among the highest in the country.
4: Sullivan was a guest on the John Whitmer Show last night on KNSS.
3: And now the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holiday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. A
2: fairly mild start to the work week for us here today. With temperatures soaring this afternoon, we will likely be in the low 70s by the time we head to lunch. 78 for the afternoon high. Partly cloudy and breezy tonight. Telo 53 and a windy day ahead on Tuesday with a high 78 before a powerful cold front arrives Tuesday night. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holiday.
3: Right now just a few clouds, not much wind. South wind at 6 miles per hour. It's still chilly. 38 degrees at Wichita Severe Weather Station, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Stephen, 10 of the morning here on KNSS. This is the 26th day of February. And on this date in 1993, a truck bomb built by Islamic terrorists, extremists, exploded in the parking garage of the North Tower of New York's World Trade Center, killing six people and injuring more than 1,000 others. The bomb failed to topple the North Tower into the South Tower as the terrorists had hoped both structures were destroyed in the 9-11 attack eight years later. And I looked at that this morning. And I thought uh, you had mentioned recently, Ted, talking about terrorism and warning about it. And uh, Was it Pat Roberts, our senator from Kansas, who was continually harping on that at that time? Yep. Around that time, he said, "It's, it's more is going to happen. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be worse.
4: I was on McConnell Air Force Base on September 10th, the day before 9-11. And, Senator Roberts was warning about it. Then was he, he says, really? He says, the day some, before, he said, something's going to happen. Well, he said that at just about every news conference he did.
3: And he was on the intelligence committee. Yeah. he knew everything was said, going on. He said, "We better watch out." And people wow. said, "Okay," and just kind of ignored him. But there you go. All right, uh, seven thirty-three. here. Stephen Taylor, the morning on KNSS, and it's that time of the day, Monday morning time for Mondays with the Mayor. Wichita Mayor Lily Wu is with us this morning. Good morning. Mayor Lou, how are you today?
8: I'm doing great. Good morning,
3: Stephen Ted. I'm hoping you had a chance to get out over the weekend outdoors and do something. My goodness, I couldn't, couldn't find a better weekend weather-wise, could we?
8: Oh, I know. It's so nice to have such good weather during uh, February time. We actually, uh, Vice Mayor Maggie Ballard organized a bike ride on Saturday, so we did take advantage of the nice weather. <laughs>
3: How far did you go? Do you know?
8: Uh, not that far, but uh, <laughs> it was really nice that <laughs> that we were able to just enjoy some of it outdoors. I, I'm really trying to find ways to not just walk around the community, run around the community, but also have other activities around the community.
3: Well, and just generally speaking, uh, I, of course, I live in Riverside, so that's one of the prettiest neighborhoods in town. Ted, Ted uh, grew up over in... Uh, College Hill, beautiful area over there. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, we've got some really nice areas and and some great parks where people will take advantage of them.
8: Oh, yes. Not only do we have really great parks if you're looking for something outdoors, but we also have really wonderful attractions, assets, uh, cultural uh, attractions like Cowtown, Botanica. And this actually reminds me to uh, hopefully your listeners We'll get out tomorrow, Tuesday um, at 5:30 p.m. at Century 2, where we're having a division of Arts and Cultural Services uh, event. It's the State of the Arts Community Event, and this is an opportunity for people to see how the arts generates over 180 million dollars in economic activity right here in Wichita in 2022 alone.
3: I'd heard that figure before. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. That's really yeah. economic stimulus there, right?
8: Absolutely. I mean, we have so many things to do in Wichita, right? We have the Shockers yesterday. We have outdoor activities that are free. We also have museums around our community. Some are free, too, to attend. So lots of community assets that people need to know about.
3: Coming up uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, is the day when we have the city council meeting. And I was looking at the agenda, and it looks like you're going to be pretty busy all day long. What what are a couple of highlights uh, that you're looking at for tomorrow, Mayor?
8: Yeah, so tomorrow's actually our city um, workshop day, so we'll have an opportunity to uh, delve a little deeper with staff on a couple of topics. But when it just comes to uh, these types of meetings, I wanted to highlight something that changed as of last week. And so I'm hoping that our community knows that in the past, workshops were at 930 a.m., well, I tried to align it all so that everything's at 9 a.m. So our council meetings are at 9 a.m. Our workshop meetings now are at 9 a.m. So please come out or tune in on YouTube um, as well as our Facebook page uh, regarding those two uh, events.
3: So to describe the difference between a workshop and a, and a regular council meeting. Are they the same thing or is it something different there?
8: They are a little different. Uh, 1 thing is, we're not in the big chambers where we do our city council meetings our regular weekly. Uh, when we do workshops, we go into the boardroom. Um, but hopefully, if there are more folks that are starting to join us for these uh, Tuesday meetings or workshops, we might move it back to the chambers um, again. This is just an opportunity for people to learn about a topic a little bit longer and for, for the council members to also discuss it longer. So workshop time is a really good opportunity for community to come out and gain more understanding on a topic.
3: All right. Well, this weather has been fantastic. And it reminds me that just well, what, of um, yes, I, I guess still a couple of months till the river festival, but uh, I can't wait. I'm- uh, we're planning already. We I know you've had uh, some discussion at uh, City Council about uh, what the roles will be. The role will be for the city in, in uh, the River Festival again this year.
8: Yes, I mean every year we're looking forward to River Fest, especially me. Um, I'm a former schooner mate, so shout out to the schooner mates around this community uh, that were selected for 2024. They're basically representatives of each of the high schools, not just in Wichita but our surrounding area. So it's a great opportunity to be ambassadors of the Riverfest and to remind people to come out and enjoy River Festival, Wichita's biggest uh, community event.
3: Well, Andy, we were talking about you were talking about 180 million dollars with the arts impact. Of course, the River Festival has a huge impact economically as well, and we entertain something in the neighborhood of 1011 11 days, uh, 300,000 people, and, uh, and they're, they're eating at the restaurants. Some of them are staying in hotels. And then the local folks, we just go down there and have a good time.
8: (laughs) Yes. You know, any activity that comes to our community, whether it's a big conference or a convention, all of these have a ripple effect throughout the entire community because some folks may be staying uh, in West Wichita or North Wichita. And they want to know what else is happening in that community. And so we try to make sure that when uh, people from out of town visitors come in, they're able to see that, which is super vibrant.
4: All right. You're the only guy I know that talks about
3: Riverfest in February. Huh. I just, it, the <laughs> weather's got me in the mood. You I've, want to chat about the state fair? That's I coming up. I feel like we ought to talk about uh, baseball at Riverfront, though. That's coming up. It's that, it's that time of year, Ted. You are in springtime mode. Got the spring fever going here. All right, uh, Mayor, we appreciate hey, uh, Go ahead.
8: Good. I'm just going to remind everyone that uh, St. Patty's Day Parade is also on March 16th. So if you're looking for outdoor activities, a big community event is coming up.
3: All right. That's right. St. Patrick's Day on the way. All right. Thank you again, and we will check with you again next week. Wichita Mayor Lily Wu with Mondays with the Mayor with Steve at 10 in the morning here on KNSS. 7.39 now, and uh, on the way, we've got the Wichita Business Journal update. Mm-hmm. Wind surge owner has been buying up land around Riverfront Stadium. That's coming up. Stephen Ten in the morning here on KNSS.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician.
1: Stephen's Head of the
3: Morning, KNSS 745. On this Monday morning, February 26th, three big things. Three. Basketball, Temple over Wichita State in overtime, 72-66. Two. 20-year-old faces murder charges in the fatal shooting of a man and woman in East Wichita. One. Congress is facing another government shutdown deadline Friday. Three big things, Stephen Ted on KNSS. Traffic this morning, we've got, uh, wow, the
6: traffic backup at the road construction up at the North Junction really starting right now. So uh, we got slow traffic starting back, almost going all the way back to uh, K96 northbound on I 235, uh, approaching I 135. And it's slow going if you're trying to exit over to K96 southbound. From I-135 there as well. Traffic update. 987 and 1330 KNSS traffic is brought to you by Joe DuBrava and Carl's Goodyear Tire. Now they have two convenient locations downtown at Market and Waterman and 47th Street South and Broadway in the former Kmart building. You can see it all at Carlstire.com. Carl's Goodyear,
3: your home for complete car care. Mostly sunny today with a high of seventy-eight degrees. Partly cloudy tonight. The overnight low 52. Tuesday, mostly sunny and windy. Tomorrow's high, 79 degrees. Now a few clouds, 38 degrees. Not much wind from the south at 6 miles per hour. Wichita Severe Weather Station, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. And you know what makes a great gift for any occasion? Anything from the Monarch. Shop local for your whiskey lover with gift cards apparel and glassware the monarch west douglas in historic delano stephen ten in the morning google mail is not going away but one means of ass- accessing it will fox on set don't worry your gmail is not
2: going anywhere there's been a rumor that google would be nixing its signature free email service used worldwide but google says no gmail is going to be around for you for a while But one of the ways of accessing Gmail, however, is being phased out. What Google calls basic HTML view of Gmail will be eliminated by August. Most people already are using the newer default view anyway. It's been the default view for a while, but people have been able to choose the old interface. But by this summer, anyone who hasn't elected to use the new view will be switched over anyway. The old module lacks much of the email features to which most people are accustomed. Things like spell check and search... And more recently, Google Duet, its AI-based assistant that helps you compose emails. The announcement also follows the decision to discontinue Google Pay in favor of Google Wallet. With Fox on Tech, I'm Evan Brown, Fox News.
3: And Wall Street Friday. Wall Street completed another winning week.
8: Stocks mostly higher in choppy action as markets digest a rally in artificial intelligence stocks. The Dow up 62 points. The S&P up by one. The Nasdaq Composite falling 44, that after the index recorded its best performance in a year. At the center of the action, AI chipmaker NVIDIA, which topped $2 trillion in valuation for the first time, though it couldn't hold on to those gains through the close. Meanwhile, Fed officials continuing to say that they feel no rush to cut interest rates, futures traders pricing in a 69% chance for a rate cut
5: in June. All eyes focused on Thursday's PCE inflation report. In New York, Jerry Willis, Fox
4: News. and local business news from the Wichita Business Journal, multiple riverfront stadium-adjacent properties are now in the hands of the Wichita Wind Surge's owner, an entity affiliated with Diamond Baseball Holdings, which bought the Wind Surge at the end of 2022, recently purchased the nearly two-acre parking lot to the northwest of the stadium off Sycamore Street, as well as a parcel off the northeast corner of the ballpark near the McLean Boulevard entrance to the stadium. Sedgwick County records confirm ownership of the acreage has shifted from Wichita Riverfront LP to Diamond Baseball Holdings as DRE Wichita Propco LLC.
3: Workers at Wichita's West Central Avenue Starbucks voted against unionizing Wednesday, in a 13 to 5 vote, which was certified by the National Labor Relations Board. Workers opted to maintain a direct relationship between Starbucks managers and employees.
4: Charlotte Pipe and Foundry is set to break ground early next month on its $80 million plant in Mays. Last May, the North Carolina manufacturer of cast iron and plastic pipe fittings announced it would locate its seventh plastic pipe plant on an 80-acre lot off of 119th Street West. Hutton, the general contractor for the project, expects to have the prefabricated 174,000-foot steel building done within 15 months. Company plans to hire a team of fifty full time employees during the next three years. That's local business news from the Wichita Business Journal.
3: Stephen Ted of the Morning, KNSS, and uh my lovely bride and I the other day were able to uh on one of my days off, we had t- breakfast together. We went out and had some breakfast at the egg crate up in northwest Wichita. Have you ever been there, Ted? I have not. Where is that? Uh, it's right across from Northwest High School to okay. the north there in that shopping center. Okay, okay. They do a good job, and I—well, maybe I, I have been there. Yeah, I, I had a great breakfast, and at the end, I, I just called the waitress over and I said, "You know, this is really tasty coffee. Do you mind telling me what kind it is?" She says, "Oh, yeah, it's Prairie Fire." So, what do you think? That's what we have here too. Uh, it's, it's good coffee, just like being at work. Yeah, only the only the the chow is better. There. Well, there you go. <laughs> We don't have much here. I sold a couple of Hershey's Kisses from the candy dish down there where the hitman's having his show at uh, at the Power ninety three down at Alta. He's got. He's I didn't. I didn't know he had candy down oh, there. Oh, he's got a giant jar of. It's almost all uh, Hershey's Kisses. Oh, okay. And one time he had some Kit Kats in Maybe there. Maybe I better check that out. I'll go down there and I'll do, I'll distract him, and while I distract him, you just steal the whole thing. And oh, we'll hold man. him and we'll have send him ransom notes on his candy jar. I don't want to
4: commit larceny on a Monday <laughs> morning.
3: <laughs> all right, uh Steve and Ted, uh, have a good weekend. I mean, uh I took it I had a three day, I gotta tell you, I got some good rest in. Every, uh, recharging those batteries. It takes that every now and then just to sleep in a little bit for guys like us. Uh everything went all right Friday, I know, because you guys do always do a great job. And you had what did you have, Shocker basketball this weekend. Shocker basketball yesterday. Have you been out to a ball, a baseball game yet, or have they, have they played at they home? They have not played a home game yet. Okay, so coming up on Friday. Friday, well, wow. hope the weather holds. It Looks like it's going to. Looks like
4: it'll be nice this week, coming Nobody's weekend.
3: Talking about any glitches or anything like that. Wow, as long as you don't play on a Wednesday, I think you're good. Okay, all right. This is a national letter to an Elder Day, encouraging people to put pen to paper and write to an Elder. You know, days serves to remind us that loved ones. Enjoy hearing from us that a simple letter brightens their day. I wonder if email or Facebook messaging is eligible for that as well, or whether you have to use a stamp and write with a fountain pen. What do you think? Were you, is your mom ever a letter writer when you were little growing up? She not probably, particularly. Not most people don't anymore. I just remember uh, when I was little, <clears throat> my mom would she would write something to my to my both of my grandmothers. She'd write to aunts and uncles every now and then. Very nice. She had this really neat uh, tortoiseshell fountain pen mm-hmm. and inkwell, and you know she did she had excellent penmanship, and that's the way she she kept in touch. And after she and Dad died, I went through we were going through her stuff, and I found I found some letters that my dad had actually written to her from oh overseas, my gosh. And that was pretty interesting. I bet it was stuff because uh, you don't know, you don't you know, picture your parents as young. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's kind of hard to do sometimes. But there they are. So I don't think many people are writing letters to their, but that's the way, you know, I went to, when I was in school, what, second or third grade, somewhere in there, we learned how to write a letter. Right. And the structure and everything. So I started writing. I wrote to my two grandmothers. Very nice. I'm like third grade. And I, I, they wrote me back and I don't have any of those, but I wish I did because I'll bet some of those are I'll bet, yeah, I'll bet those are pretty cute. All right. It's uh, uh, 7:54. Stephen Ted of the morning coming up. Stay with us in the eight o'clock hour this morning. As always, we got plenty of information for you in the eight o'clock hour. Going to have the latest on another deadline for funding in Congress, and police are investigating a double homicide in East Wichita, Wichita over the weekend. Ted has sports on the way. Right, Ted. Yeah, Shocker
4: Baseball yesterday and Shocker Men's Basketball. We'll have highlights, here from parties involved coming up in sports. Plus the blur, it's entertainment news with Ted Woodward coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Yep, coming out of the
3: weekend, we'll get you your entertainment
4: news. That'll be at 8.35
3: this morning. And we have traffic and weather. Stay with us in the 8 o'clock hour. Steve and Ted on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. hi And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs>